Hello, friends. <laughs> Welcome to a podcast unlike any other. <laughs> I didn't want to play too much of that song. Uh, before they fucking sue us. <laughs> yeah, before they sue us. <laughs> because, so we are, by no means are we famous. But, but they, uh, they have a way of finding everything. They have a way of finding everything. <laughs> so... Uh, here we are. <laughs> it is officially Masters Week. Uh, as soon as the final putt went in the cup of the Valero Texas Open, uh, we we flipped the page and it's Masters Week. Bro, as uh, far as I'm concerned, when the Augusta National Women's Amateur is being played, that's the start. Yeah. <laughs> now, no, I'm not a fucking monster. I recorded it and watched it this morning. I didn't watch it live, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Anything regarding the Masters, like when they're on the grounds, anybody, I don't even care who, it's yeah. Masters Week. So Masters right. Week is now nine days. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm i excited. It's, it's what we wait for every year. Uh, it's the best week of the year. Unfortunately, because uh, I just started a new job, I will not be taking any days off. But in the past, I don't know what, for the past like three, four years, um, I take the Thursday, Friday off, or at least one of the days off. And then the other one, because of my last job, I've barely worked anyway. So, uh, <laughs> but I won't be able to do that this year, but I uh, should still be able to catch most of it. So here we are. Uh, it's the master's preview show. So obviously if you're watching uh, on YouTube, you see um, Ian McMillan is not here. Uh, I ended up not asking him because the more I thought about it, well, one, you could call me a huge bitch and say I got intimidated because he said he interviewed Will Zalatoris. And I was like, wow, that's kind of a big fucking deal. Like we're just assholes, but that's a small piece of it. The bigger piece of it was I didn't want to pressure him to come on our show that would come out on a Monday when I know his show comes out on Wednesday or Wednesdays or Thursdays. I think he usually posts it Wednesday night. Um, I didn't want him to like, you know, blow his picks already on our show, which obviously, like I said, like we don't have the same amount of people that watch or listen to our show that watch his show, but still like, I didn't want to, I don't know. I, I felt like I would, I would save him the opportunity of saying no um, more so because this time we would have asked him on for a very specific reason. Like, Hey, let's do a master's preview show. And uh, like I said, where I know his show comes out on Wednesdays and our, this one would be out on Monday. Is this um, is this the podcast that you're supposed to do with Graham Dillette? Um, or is it his video thing? I don't know, to be totally honest. Are you honest. talking about Bacon Bets? What is what is his show? What do you, what what is his show? Because and the only reason I ask is because I know he does he does video content for bet sided yep. fan sided. Yep, he does his own podcast. Yep, Bacon Bets. And he was supposed to do the other thing with Graham Dillette. Are you talking about Bacon Bets? Usually comes out on Wednesday. Yeah, Bacon Bets okay, comes out okay, on Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. I didn't know because, and the only reason I gave a shit is I was going to ask you what the name of his golf podcast was. Um. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's come out yet. That's what I thought. Yeah. Just yeah. checking. No, but I know, like, like I said, like his picks for the Masters will be on the Bacon Bets podcast that comes out on Wednesday. So. 
I would feel bad making him give us his picks for, for our show that comes out on Monday when his own show does, isn't going to come out until Wednesday. So I was like, ah, that's fine. It's not like if we were just going to have him on to shoot the shit again, I would totally be like, Hey man, you want to come on and like, you know, dick around a little bit. Um, but like I said, where it was specific to masters picks, I said, I didn't want him to, to prematurely ejaculate his picks. Yeah. Um, so, so next time you don't have to think that hard because his picks are already out. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause he right. <laughs> well, cause he writes and he gets, he, when he writes, he gets those picks out as early as possible. So oh, right. he could do a lot more. Um, if he's going to release a bacon bets episode, I would assume he'll probably recap the tournament. He'll probably go into his outrights and then he might do some other stuff. I don't know if he'll do many exotics with golf, but yeah. So the one thing I will say before we like hop into the, our, our picks and what's important at Augusta and things like that, um, because we're doing this early, right? Like it's, it literally like the Valero open just ended. Um, I, at least when I looked, you know, maybe a half hour ago, there are no odds for top five, top 10, top 20. It's nope. just, it's just outrights right now. It also doesn't um, matter because for this, it, I'm only doing outrights anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it like, I think a couple years ago, or it was before the, the COVID before the fall masters, I think I had predicted a Tony Finau top 10, but I think I predicted it in fucking what, like August. Yeah. And I just remembered that. And I said, I don't care what it is. Just take it. <laughs> and then he finished t10 yep yep but luckily no tony finau this year for me <laughs> fuck, fuck him um yeah so let's kind of get things rolling um so for anyone that doesn't know uh the masters is a big fucking deal uh it's like the super bowl for golf uh it's the most famous course the most um tried it's, it's, to get it's top, to right it's, it's like top two it's top two most famous courses in the world with saint andrews yep and if anyone disagrees with that you're being a fucking hardo yep like if you try to tell me it's like royal melbourne like you're an idiot like yeah yeah or if it's pebble it's like maybe but that's only because you're, you're only saying that because pebble is accessible Augusta's right. not Right. And that's the right. thing. The old course you can get on Augusta. You can't. Right. And I had to tell Michaela this today. The course is never open. After oh, yeah. this tournament, they close until the fall. <laughs> that's why I'm not, like, I'm not kidding. They fucking close. Yeah. Until the fall. So you can't even play there. No. Well, in the fall, you can, you get, well, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. the reason, the reason why is Bobby Jones, who was one of the founders, he wanted this to be a national course. Now, you don't need to know everything in the world about Bobby Jones. I don't want this to be a massive history lesson, but Bobby Jones is from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. He, I think he was a member at East Lake, but not the course that it is now. I think there was some other course. I don't know. It's a whole fucking thing. Um, so he was a member at East Lake, I believe. He went to school at Harvard. He went to Harvard for law, and he was a lawyer up here. Local so there's, guy. So there's plenty of – he has a massive, massive influence – in the Boston area, or I'll just say Massachusetts because it's not just Boston. So it was like, a major, major influence <laughs> on my life. <laughs> uh, I feel terrible. Uh, <laughs> so 
he used to practice at Franklin Park. He, the ball, I think it's the ball from his Grand Slam that he won in like 1930 is at Myopia near the bar. Oh, wow. Um, And even in back then, and maybe to this day, I'm not really sure. Probably not to this day. I think that's probably nuts. Um, The Harvard polo team used to go to Myopia, and that's where they would do polo. Yeah. Or play or practice. I don't know what the fuck you do. Ride? Do you ride polo? polo? Yeah. Sling some polo? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's like he he has – there's another course he has something to do with. And I can't remember, but I know he used to practice at Franklin park. You could generally find him at myopia. And there was another, there's another one like in the area that I think you could find him too. So whatever. So he, more or less, sorry, he has an influence up here. So when he's founding or finding uh, Augusta national, it's Augusta national. He wants it to be a, national course so people from the northeast who are going to have the money to join this fucking place they're not going to play in the summer they can play up here so they're going to come down and they're going to play at augusta in the winter so therefore with the way the masters tournament went in the way that they they keep that golf course they fucking close it not only is it too fucking hot but that's when they do all their modifications and whatever so you can only play it in the winter fall and winter yeah even if you are a member. Yeah. Which I mean, what the fuck is the process like of becoming a member at Augusta? Bro. I would imagine it's harder than joining the FBI. Yeah. It's, they ask you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They come to you. They'll you come to you. You don't go to them and ask to join. We don't even know who members are. Yeah. I mean, it's like Condoleezza Rice. We know her. I assume the CEOs of IBM, AT&T, and Mercedes. Uh, I think Peyton Manning's a member. Other than that, though, you don't. There's no list. Right. Right. There's no published record of you anything. Think Brady's there. a member? No. No. No way. The Country Club wouldn't even let him in in his fucking backyard. We yeah. had a fence <laughs> shit with them. I mean, eventually they let him in, but no, they they're not going to let him in. Yeah. They're going to look at him and be like, you're still playing. You fucking fuck off. Right, right. You wait. So. <laughs> yeah, so I, I assume they have to ask you, and then you have to be sponsored by a few people, and then you have to pay a crazy-ass amount of money to never play there. <laughs> yeah, to play there like maybe once a year. Yeah, but the people who play there, that doesn't matter. Right. Like That's the thing. It's like, that's stupid. Why isn't the golf course ever open? Not the point. No, it's really not the point. It's not the point. You maybe you maybe take a week and play five times. Right, right. And like that's that's your that's what you get. Yeah, that's what you pay your twenty thousand dollars. No one has any idea how much this shit costs. It's got to it be it's 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 got to be at least twenty thousand. So the only thing is, membership. it could be so, it could be something like, uh. So this is now this is so you got to remember this in. Um, national memberships are kind of like this. They know you're not going to use the course. So you, trust me, you still pay, but it might not be as much as you think. Like it might be a quarter of a million initiation, which is, in, so that's the crazy part. Right. But then it's only 10 a year. Yeah. 
knowing that these dudes only play it fucking less than 10 times. Right, right, right. And the Masters makes all their money. I'm sorry, Augusta National makes all its money off the Masters. Right. They're not make it they're not making money off of fucking dues. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true too. Yeah, so that that's the they're thing. Making it off TV and I, so like I always There's joke no around commercials. like oh, merch, merch sales. That fucking pro shop must do so much fucking money in merch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like um, multiple million dollars in 4 days. Yep. And my my uh plug, if you will, or insight is that um, everything's reasonably play, priced in the in the pro shop? It's not like you're going in paying forty dollars for a hat. You go in and you pay twenty five or thirty bucks for a hat. Um, yeah, I was like gonna I say, said I, before. I don't, the, I, I don't know what the pro shop. Yeah, so the pro shop, I don't know anything about. I just know people fucking. So th- th- this is this is what type of place this is. If you the pro shop has a service where you don't even need to leave the the door with your merchandise to ship it home to yourself (laughs) you can ship anywhere yeah from the augusta national pro shop yep because dudes will will pay thousands of dollars in in merchandise and they don't care give it away do whatever the fuck you want just don't resell it right right yeah that's the only rule is you can't resell it a lot of cease and desist go out on eBay. Oh, they find you. And then you are banned for fucking life. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So, like I said, the, the guy that I work with um, has been to the Masters three times. Uh, and I asked him last week before we, we took a break because we're doing like work from home stuff this week. Um, and he said the last time he went, I think, was 2016 or 2017. Um, it was a year, like someone random won. So 2017 was surge and 2016 was Danny Willett surge. It was the surge. year. So that's 2017. He beat Justin Rose in a playoff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the last time he was there. Um, but you know, like he was telling me, he was like, it's unbelievable. You go. And then, cause I asked him too. And I was like, what's the merchandise? Like, is it wicked expensive? And he goes, no, it's, it's normal. Cause the other thing too, about Augusta is, it's known that like their food and drink and everything is like dirt cheap. cheap, Right. You get like, everyone posts the pictures of the menu where it's like, you know, the, the pimento sandwich is a dollar 50. You can get like a ham and cheese for like two bucks, like whatever the, whatever the thing is, the drinks are like a dollar beers are like $3. Everything is super cheap. So I go, what's the, what's the merchandise like? And he goes, it's all reasonably priced. Cause I, I thought like, you know, what is it like 50 bucks for a t-shirt? And he's like, Nope. You know, it's like anywhere between 20, 20 and 30 bucks for a t-shirt or 25 and 35 for a t-shirt, whatever the going rate is normally. And then, you know, 25 to 30 bucks for hats and all that stuff. He was like, everything is like normally priced. So I was like, well, ah, right. even the, the dailies, they're not expensive. If you get the lottery, it's not expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Practice rounds are 75 bucks. And then the, the tournament rounds are like a one fifteen or something like that. Something like that. They're not crazy. Yeah. Whereas like Super Bowl, you're paying at least four figures, probably five just to get. Oh, a ticket. yeah. 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 Like if you get it, like if you get a ticket through like for face, it's probably four figures. And if you get it secondary, it's probably five. Usually. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a fair, fair assessment. 
So I don't know. It, it's fun. It's exciting. Um, so do you want to, uh, how do you want to do you want to start and talk about like what stats are important? What, then, what I went with. Yeah. 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 So for tangible things, I've got approach play from 175 to 200 approach play from 150 to 175 strokes gained around the green and driving distance. Um, that's how I sorted my people and it's weighted in that order. Um, I also use intangible things such as, for example, a lot of people want like Scotty Scheffler this week. They really do. Well, Scotty Scheffler, at most, this is his third Masters. It might be his first, might be his second. I don't really know. He also has won three times this year. No one wins four times by April unless they're Tiger Woods. So Scotty <laughs> Scheffler, in my book, not worth a bet. Um, he also moved somewhere from like 40 to one to like 16 to one. So that number got fucking crushed. Yeah. Yeah. Like I might, I might've threw some, some schmeckles on him at 40 to one. Yeah. But not at 16 to one. No. Uh, Matsuyama <laughs> was not on my list because he won last year. It's very rare. Someone goes back to back. He also has been dealing with injuries yeah, and he's not so, playing so, well lately. Correct. So he's WD'd a couple of times, but I, so like in my, my intangible things, I look at like how many times have they won this year? Have they ever won there before? Have they ever won a major? Have like uh, who is another guy who's won twice this year? Cam, I know Smith. Cam Smith has that fucking fucked me, but uh, maybe no, Scheffler was my oh, Sam Burns. So it's Sam like Burns. I liked Sam Burns until he won his last start. How often do dudes win back to back starts? Yeah, so it's very rare. So Scotty it's like Scheffler. Um, has only played the Masters once in 2020. So that okay. was the fall. So he's only, he's only played there in the fall. Yeah. And he finished 19th. So I'd be very wary of an outright on Scotty Scheffler based on experience and based on the fact that he's already won three times this year. Yeah. And he will be another back-to-back start guy. Yep. So it's very rare people win back-to-back starts. Even he hasn't done. He's won three and five and it's not back-to-back. Right. I don't think. No, I definitely don't think so. Um, you know, last year's winner, I ruled them out. So, and then after that, it's, you know, whatever it, it is, what it is after that, it's just like my regular pick picking. Yeah. No, so also looking at it, Scheffler has, has done every other. So starting with, I the like waste, him. So I like him in the PGA. So at the waste management, he obviously won. One. And then his following event was T seven. And then yep. his following event was one at the API. And, and the then players. his following event was the players at T55. And then his following event at the World Golf was one, the match okay. play. So he's won every other. Yeah, every other. So even him, who's on, who's the fucking hottest player in the world, uh, is not doing it. Um, I also rule out John Rom because he is number one, number one odds. And at eight to one, not only is it not likely that the favorite wins it's also not fun to bet at fucking eight to one because i got like yeah. 10 i have like nine or ten guys so yeah. yeah betting an eight to one i still lose money right <laughs> yes yeah exactly <laughs> so um my so i looked at a bunch of different things um so some of these have some overlap in them too right so I looked at, so I'll, I'll, I'll group the ones to start. 
um, stroke scanned approach. So just overall there, um, proximity to the hole, uh, from the fairway, which I think is important at Augusta because obviously, you know, people forget, uh, the greens, the greens are tough there. Uh, there's a lot green, of, un- greens are fast. yeah, it's a lot of undulation. So it's more important than just greens and regulation is proximity to the hole. Um, because you can hit the green, but if you're 40 feet from the cup, you're, you're probably going to three putt, <laughs> like just to be, yeah. just being fair, like you're probably going to three putt that, and um, to, to clarify. So the stats that I went are, they're not uh, well, I don't think I can find strokes gained from certain distances. They are proximity from the fairway. And the reason I like using proximity from the fairway is, uh, well, at Augusta, there isn't a ton of rough or first cut. And um, if someone's not playing or if someone's really, really good from the rough, do I really want that person? Because that means off the tee, they're probably not great. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, Connors, Corey Connors is one. Yep. He is like ridiculous, like ranks. He is ridiculous in proximity from the rough in like very, very mediocre from the fairway. It's like, oh, yeah. stick dude. Yeah. Hey, cool, man. <laughs> um, so again, the, so the three that are kind of like grouped into one little grouping where the, the strokes gained approach proximity to the hole from the fairway and then green and regulation from, I went 150 to 175. You did 175 to 120. Well, uh, so uh, I did to 200, sorry. Yeah. So that, so 150, 175 was my second category. Okay. okay. Um, so we did, we have a little overlap there. So those, those three are like very similar. There's some overlap. Like it's, it's kind of looking at the same stuff, right? It's looking at your approach to the green. So those are those three. Um, and then also I have scrambling in there because that's going to be important when you inevitably miss the green. Um, how good are you at scrambling? Uh, and then also the other one I have there is three putt avoidance. Um, so just looking at guys who don't really three putt ever, uh, which the whole point of like not three putting ever doesn't really mean much to me, but what I, it's almost like, a uh, a, a transitive stat where I look at it like, well, if you don't three putt that often, that means you're probably a pretty good lag putter. So that's more important, like, because there's no statistic on lag putting, at least that I can find, um, three putt avoidance to me kind of like almost substitutes that it's yeah. close enough. So strokes gain putting covers lag putting, um, but strokes gain putting, there's just not a lot you can do with because the best strokes gain putters are right. not the best. And then also, and I guess you could potentially make this argument that you could break down three putt avoidance into this also, but strokes gain putting is all of strokes gain on all putting surfaces where Augusta is bent grass and it's fucking lightning fast. So like I said, like you could, you could make the same argument that I just did for the three putt avoidance. Like, okay, well, how good are people at three putt avoidance on Bermuda and bent grass? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that type could, of stuff. Yeah. 
you could you could if you wanted to nickel and dime me there i would yeah, and least, i, could, I would I at get, least let you have the argument yeah and i i could nick yeah so you can nickel and dime all these stats because right. then it's like right yeah Whatever. But but the way I looked at it was I'm I'm more interested in the three putt avoidance um, because that'll kill you here. Um, so right now, if you're ripping three putts all around, you're not yeah. doing shit. You're yeah. not winning. That's right. For right. Damn sure. So those were like the five um, main stats that I kind of looked at. And then I also threw in uh, ball striking. Um, obviously because that's important here. And then, um, strokes gain T to green, which ball striking as measured by what, uh, ball striking is, or measured... is it a category somewhere? Yeah. It's on, um, PGA tour.com. They literally have, um, a, they have a stat called ball striking. Yep. So it says here, ball striking is computed by totaling a player's rank in both total driving and greens and regulation. Uh, okay. So it that's, gives them, that's it, not that's not awful. It gives them their rank in total driving, their rank in in GER, and then it adds them together. And then obviously whoever has the lowest yeah, number is right. ranked higher. That's that's a decent that's a decent um that's a decent stat that's not strokes gained. I'm obviously like I'm very, very partial to strokes gained. And yeah. then that that being said, I only uh you know what? I actually used to because after I do the four categories I gave you. I'm not taking anybody unless their strokes gain total is good for this year. Um, right. right. So I guess I use two strokes gained and then two others. Yep. And then, so again, like I said, strokes gain T to green, because that's, that's just a given, right? Like you're not gonna, but that's the strokes gain T to green was more of one, like what you just said, like, that's more of like a filter one. Like if I saw a guy that I liked, um, I wasn't going to take him unless his strokes gain T to green was like at least respectable, you know? Yeah. Um, so like, I'll give you an example um, for my 2022 before I stopped doing it. Uh, Emiliano Grio actually had some decent numbers, but his strokes gain total is 136 this year. Oh God. So despite having decent numbers, he's really fucking it all up somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> In fit and in fair, what what number wasn't very good? He had a number that sucked. Uh, is that around the green? Okay, so his around the green isn't great, so I wouldn't I wouldn't have taken him for that reason. Um, but yeah, then like his strokes gain total, hundred thirty six. It's like okay, I have no use for that. Right, you're you're right. playing like shit this year. Yeah. So shall we get into the picks? Yeah. Well, right. I'm going to, I'm going to start with the one I did in January and that's Cam Smith 30 to one. Right. So I took him 30 to one after, I think it was after he won the tournament of champions. Yes. And I figured that, and actually I think it was like, I looked on my bookie and DraftKings and DraftKings already dropped in like 25, 28. So I'm like, ah, fuck it. Let me take 30 now because it's a better number. And he does play well there. He 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 has the course history, course experience. So I just I just rolled with it because I didn't do any data at that point because I didn't want to. I mean, it was only one event, and I didn't want to use the fall stuff. So 
I didn't break any numbers down. I just went experience. I went the fact that he won and his number is now like 16. Yeah. Yeah. So I got him in the holster and it turns out, where is my sheet? It turns out that I probably would have taken him anyway, because His approach play ranks 19th, 15th. He's 21st around the greens. He's 110th in driving distance, which is not great, but I'm not holding that really against him. And he's second in strokes gain total this year. So I'm happy I got him at 30. Yeah. Um, I think that was a good get, especially like you said, especially now. Well, also on mybookie.com, shout out to my bookie. Use our promo code SarcasmPod when you sign up. Double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks. So on mybookie.com currently, Cam Smith is down to a plus fourteen seventy five. So, right, he's, so he's he's dropped he's even, even lower. lower. He's yeah, he's even lower than sixteen to one. Um. So you and you followed me on that one, right? Yes, I did. I tailed okay. you. Right there. So I also took Justin Rose 50 to one. And the only reason I, well, so the reason I did it is because I was driving through New Hampshire and I was on DraftKings and I have money in a DraftKings account. No free ads. I'm, I'm never in New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. So I just took him, almost just took him blind. Yeah. Um, I have no data or numbers or reasons why anyone should follow me on that um, outside of course history. Again, it was a little bit of a function of I was driving through New Hampshire and I wanted to put something in. Yeah. So I did. So the rest of my picks are actual picks that I did numbers for. And um, I did all of these actually at Twin River or Bally's or whatever the fuck it is now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's still Twin River. It's Bally's at Twin River, I think. Yeah, something like that, um, which you can now smoke again in there. Oh, hey. Credit to them. Um, <laughs> so I did the rest of my bets in person. That was part of my plan because I knew I had money from the Super Bowl. So I wanted to, it was like 40 bucks from the Super Bowl. So I wanted to just throw it all in yeah. um, on Masters outrights because why not? Um, let me just pull up because I just tweeted out on Sarkham Speak. That's where I have the picks I actually took. Okay. Uh, Justin Thomas, 14 to one. That's a low number, but he is my favorite player to perform well. So yes. now we can pretty much guess that he's going to be threatening <laughs> the cut <laughs> because. I think he's far and away better than everybody else in the field. He plays well enough there and at least he's got enough exposures to it. So I would, I would actually almost consider hedging out with him missing the cut (laughs) because I believe in my curses that strongly. (laughs) Um, Cam Smith, like I talked about, I took Zalatoris 35 to one. He played Mm -hmm. well there last year. Yep. Um, He's 11th in strokes gained total this year. And most of his categories are pretty good for here. Um, They're not great. And I don't like, I don't like the, uh, his yippy putter. 
yeah. don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Yeah. But the, basically what it came down to was, I think he's playing well enough this year. He hits the ball far enough. He played well there last year. And I mean, he's a decade guy. So like, that's a thing, but like all these guys, most of these guys are decade guys now. Um, I just didn't want to not have them <laughs> yeah, on the card. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I, I, I don't love him, but I didn't want to not have him. He's one of those guys. Like if he goes out and wins, you're like, what the fuck? Like, right. It, yeah. Now I don't do that completely. Cause otherwise I would have speed and Kepka. Um, those would be guys that literally you would just take yeah. just to have because right. speed always plays well there and Kepka is a beast in the majors. Um, but neither of those guys popped up for me. So, or Kepka, Kepka is, Kepka is up there, but he's 90th in strokes gain total this year. So he'll yeah. turn it on when he shows up, but he's not playing well. Right. He has not played well so far this year. Um, maybe, maybe uh, he shouldn't have switched to uh, Strixon. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Maybe you should give a shit. Stop yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, Berger, 40 to 1. He has been very good this year. Um, he's going <clears> to <throat> he be has. getting to the point. He is going to be my, or what Shoffley is to Ian McMillan will be Berger to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet on him so many times <laughs> that. I will net like when I hit one, it will not pay off for the past. Yeah. Which we're still good. Cause he's 40 to one. Um, and after Chris fucking mushed me on that fucking Saturday at the Honda, I'm still, fu- <laughs> I'm still fucking pissed. Never mind If you hear me sound like shit, I gave him my blessing to go on a golf trip. He gets me sick the yeah. week of that golf trip and then fucking skips down. Yeah. Awesome. Fucking, fucking cunt. Cunty Chris. Yeah. Um, where's burger. Uh, for what it's worth, Daniel Berger is ranked number one in scrambling right now. Yeah, so around the green, he's 10th. Uh, distance isn't great, but... He, oh, you know why I took Berger? Because I actually did a statistical breakdown. I did 2021 before I did 2022 because I didn't want to rule somebody out because their early season didn't match who they are as a player. So Daniel Berger last year on the tour from 175 to 200 and then 150 to 175, he was ranked fifth and then 16th. That's fucking elite. Yeah. Yeah. This year he's 202 and 61. Oh, wow. So this year isn't going well. Right. From those two categories. Right. But he as a player is better than he is playing this year. Right. Which is something I I, I wanted to make sure I took into account. Now, I wasn't going to go back multiple years, but I did want to look at last year because that's a full year of profiling. So that can tell me who these players are. Yep. Whereas this year can show me how they're doing. So I'm taking him 40 to one. And I think the 40 is because of how he is. I think he should be closer to 25. Yeah. And I think if he was, we're getting good value value. (laughs) And I think if he was fifth and 16th this year, even Chris's mush wouldn't have fucking mattered. And he would have won the Honda. Right. Right. So um, that's why I'm on burger was his, 
his last year, his categories were really good. So he's underperforming this year. Um, fuck, I don't have a strokes gain total because he's a little bit down my list. Um, but I know I know that he's been playing pretty good this year. Maybe strokes gain total, maybe he's like top 30 or so, but probably yeah. not top 20, something like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. He's been right there a couple times. Um, so I got Berger 40 to one. Next, and we, you've talked about this, Lowry. Yeah, my guy. So this is a bad value bet, but I took him because you got him at 64. Yes, I did. I did. I was only able to get him at 45. Okay. Now, I was expecting to get him at 58, but he dropped from 58 to 45 in one day, and, wow. I, wasn't in, and I wasn't in Rhode Island. So whoever powers Rhode Island Sportsbook – Apparently took some Shane Lowry. Yeah. So now this is now this is a thing in betting. We don't live in a state where betting is legal. It's hard for us to have multiple outs. Right. And when you're choosing to do something, you're kind of stuck with what you get. Yeah. So I didn't take Lowry on my bookie when it was 64 to one because I knew I was going to be going to Twin River. And I said, I'll just do it then. And if he is to win. I would lose out on 2019 uh, positions. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 19 to one on the payout. So. 19 pieces of units. Yes. <laughs> Depending on whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I guess if, if it was a one unit bet, which it won't be, it'll be a quarter. That's why I'm not doing the math. Right. Uh, basically I would lose out on five units or so because it's a quarter and it's almost 20 to one. So yeah. Yeah. Just, just under five units uh, less on the payout there. Yeah. Uh, following this is another guy I like. So if you want to hedge it out with a miss the cut, which I might actually do, cause that would be pretty <laughs> fucking fun. Neiman. Ah. I, I like Joaquin Neiman. Okay. Um, this year, 16th from 175 to 200, 25th from 150 to 175, sixth around the greens, 52 in distance, 17 strokes gain total. That is a fucking crazy stat line. Now, why is he 45 to one? Because those numbers are borderline better than almost anybody else. He just definitely does not have the experience here. Right. So whether he has one or two under his belt um, would normally scare me off of actually taking him, but he has a win this year. And those numbers are too good to ignore. Like they're too good not to take a guy at 45 to one there. Right. Right. Again, that's another one where him and Berger probably should be higher. Um, but Neiman's number is lower because I that'll be due to experience. So course history. I just I, I got him up right here. Um, he's only this is only his second Masters. He played yep. here last year in 2021, and yep. he finished 40th. Yep. So that's a problem, year. like in terms of an actual expectation to win. But now yeah. I don't, I don't know how to do the probability math, but when someone's 45 to one. Oh, right. Like what like, are the odds? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is like that like, prob- a, is that like a 3.8% chance that he's yeah, going to whatever it is, but yeah. at 45 to one. And so it's not likely that he is to win. Right. But his statistics say otherwise that, right. so like, that's why I'm, I, I, I actually really like the Neiman pick. Yeah. All right. I'll take him um, to miss the cut. Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, I talked about leash. I'm on leash 65. 
Um, course history, good. He generally does pretty good in not only majors, but also major venues like the Farmers. Why do I like him? Andy's an Aussie. Uh, or is he a Kiwi? He's an Aussie. Strokes gain total this year. He is 21st, so he is playing well. He's good from 175 to 200. Where the fuck is he? You know what? I might have just taken him because he's 65 to 1. <laughs> no, truthfully, so I so um I think I think I took him because he's 65 to 1. He has played well there before, so he has the experience. Because experience actually matters at this place. It doesn't yeah. always matter. So that's why I keep saying experience. Sometimes I throw course history right out the fucking window because it doesn't don't fucking matter. No. Um, and it's like people like Morikawa, like if they're not good enough, it's like, oh, no course history. It's like, don't matter. He's fucking good enough. He hits the ball better than everybody. He was right. first and first last year. I just <laughs> don't, I just didn't take him this year because his number sucks. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in on Morikawa. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I mean, what what's he at? Are you on him? Yeah. Um, What's he at? He is 18? 1550 on mybookie.com. Yeah, that number sucks. It does. Yeah, that's why I'm not on him. Um, ooh, maybe I'll wait. Uh, I won't be waiting. I wonder what he is on my other book that I will not say because no free ads. Um, let me see as I look this up how quickly it'll actually work. <clears throat> well either way you look him up i got one more gary woodland so gary woodland i liked a lot more when he was 110 to 1 um i got him at 80 because again that's just what i've got like i don't yeah. have all these outs it's not legal here i don't have eight ten options i have two unless i drive to so i have two whether i'm in new hampshire or i go to rhode island so I have, I use my bookie. I could have another offshore if I wanted to, but I don't see the point because I was doing some shopping and none of them were fucking crazy better than the other. If I go to Rhode Island, I have another route. If I go to New Hampshire, I have another route. I don't often go to New Hampshire, whatever. Um, so Gary Woodland, I took him at 80 because I was there. There's nothing that really jumps off the page with him. There, like, there really isn't. He is just very like across the line. He's yeah. not really good in one category and really shitty in another. He is just like probably, I don't know if I want to call it average because the hard part, like, so he ranks like 90th in something, right? But the difference from in proximity from 90th to 60th is like a couple feet, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to say like what the average is because the average could be anywhere ranked from fucking 60th, 90th or something. But yeah. Um, so I don't hate him for his categories and he's 35th strokes gain total this year. Uh, he had a good finish and this was before this weekend. He had a good finish again today. Um, and he has a major win before. So he's played there a bunch. He's has a major, um, so I took a long shot on someone of that profile. Yeah. yeah. It's usually fun just to make a long shot bet. Just 
just because it's cool. It's cool to like see if, you know, because inevitably Gary Woodland will be kicking around, right? Because he does play pretty well at Augusta. Um, I mean, like that's the thing with him is I almost feel like his odds to top 10 and miss the cut are the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like you Probably. never, like you really never know with him. Probably. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised either. Like major winner has the experience, has played. Um, but you, you just never fucking know sometimes. Yeah. Hits the ball plenty far still. Yeah. So, so actually that was a Vinny fact. Um, I just, uh, Gary Woodland's, uh, going back in his, uh, masters tournament history, starting with 2020, he missed the cut. Uh, so then going back from 2020 finished 32nd cut, cut, cut 26th withdraw 24th in 2011. Yeah. It's not awesome. Um, no. So truthfully, I didn't take, again, so this is where course history and experience are two different things. I didn't take him for course history. I took him for experience. He knows yeah. the boys. Yeah. But it's funny though, that, that I just pulled like an NFL announcer move. Yeah. Where I was like, oh yeah, Gary Woodland. Like he always plays well at Augusta. No, nope. he's, he actually never does. He's actually missed the cut four times actually, in I guess his last five, five visits. Three, three <laughs> top forties is okay. Um, yeah, I just, I just, for him, I like, I like his form now. I know none of that matters, but I like his form now. Again, you know, 110 got my attention. He's a former major winner and he's, I know he's older, but he's not that old. Yeah. Um, so that's why I went with him. Yeah. And then, so on my other book that I use that shall remain unnamed, um, Colin Morikawa is at 12 to one. So my bookie's actually giving Gross. you better odds. So that's why I'm not on Colin Morikawa is he was too. So he, he must be like this. Uh, you know what? He's probably fourth. What does it go? Rom? He's eighth on this other book. Really? Um, who's, who, who's, who's, who, so on my who bookie. Are the, who are the top? So if he's eighth, who's the top eight? All right. So my uh, I switched back to my bookie. That's so fine. it's John Rom, JT, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith. DJ, Rory, then Morikawa. So he's seventh on my bookie. Okay. He's eighth yeah, on sense. the other book. That means they probably threw Kepka ahead of him. Who's right after him on my bookie? Uh, Kepka. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Speeth. Yeah. Speeth. I just, I'm switching back and forth. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. They're all right around 16. So on my bookie, Morikawa is 15 5. Um, Spieth is 16.25 and Bruce is 17.25. And then on this other book, um, Morikawa is 12 to one. Spieth is also 12 to one. Bruce is 16 to one. DJ's 14 to one. So, so they're the, all kind of like the other. So the, o- the only other reason I don't like Morikawa. And again, I'm, I still might throw five bucks in on him. I think I'm gonna, because he's been putting way better yeah so, so his, a, his so, downfall has been his putting, putting. And, and now this season he's been putting great and generally when he wins it's slow greens yeah and it's yeah. west coast power generally right so that that concerns me but his I forget. I they always put the graphic up in every tournament he's in. No, he, like, he's like fourth in strokes gained putting. This yeah, year. like last season, strokes gained putting, he was like 114th. 
And now this season he's like fourth. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, a, it's like a drastic difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, so, and that, that's the thing is like, if you're trying to figure out, like if you actually are like still listening to us, you actually have to have a clue about golf. Um, so with him hit, so in order for your, like, cause the way strokes gain works in order for your strokes gain putting to suck, your lag putts don't get close enough. And then you don't make enough putts in like the four to eight foot range or so. So like that, cause that means like, so when you lag putt, basically if you can get anything inside of like three feet, you're going to gain strokes on that lag putt. Um, you know, assuming it's of like any actual distance. Cause I think statistically 22 feet has an average hole out of 2.0. So anything inside you're going to lose strokes no matter what anything outside you have to you'll gain strokes by getting it down in two now to a fault he's so good with his irons that he's going to hit into proximities that he quite literally cannot make putts from like it's so statistically poor that he's going to make those putts that he's going to lose strokes on it right but we've also seen him miss the miss some of those like gotta have ones so Right. right that's the that's the problem and, you know, to this point, he's only had 2020, which was a Kobe. All right. He had this. So after the call, after college graduation, 2019, he did win the Barracuda. Then that gave, that gave him his tour card, I think. Yeah, that gave him his tour card. Then he had the COVID year and then yep. he had all of last year. So to this point, his strokes hand has been awful but you're mixing in a half season, a COVID year, and then one full season. So right, we don't know what he is. If he was 167 last year, he ends up top 10 this year, then who the fuck knows? But I he just noticed 18th last year. And then yeah. I think 40th in 2020. Yeah. I just noticed a trend of, you know, when the greens would have been slower then. I just noticed a trend of he, his putting generally is better on slower or bumpier greens. Yeah. Yeah. So actually I can look up how he putted and you're going to get to take a second, but yeah, I mean, I can jump into my picks. Yeah. I, so, I that, cause those, those are mine. So I think you've convinced me to uh, take Colin Morikawa. So I'm probably going to throw at least five bucks on him at uh plus 1550. So you can the, toss that on, on my list too. I'll add them in here. So I remember to add it uh, to my thing. Um, I'll, I'll pull up his, his strokes game putting for last. You said he finished T18. Uh, eight, yeah, I'll write 18th. It doesn't matter, but yeah, 18th. Um, yeah, so he so he only lost 0.14 on the green last year. So that's really not a bad putting performance. No, no. All right, so my uh, my first guy on the list um, was Cam Smith, right? We already talked about that. I tailed you on that one. Uh, I got him at thirty to one, also. So I think we got some some pretty solid value there. Um, and then you already talked about everything with him, so we're good on that. Um, my next guy is Shane Lowry. Uh, again, like you said, I fired this off. I got him at sixty four to one. 
Um, let's see what he is right now on mybookie.com. Probably 50. Um, he's 52. Yeah, 52 to 1 right. on mybookie.com. And he was 48. 40, I, I got him at 45. 45. That's what I was stuck with. Yeah. So bad value, but um, yeah, like I told you, the only reason he won't win will come down to his uh his his um his short game. Yeah, it, le- it leaves it leaves a little to be desired. Yeah, it does. Um, but looking at some of his stats, so in proximity to the hole, um from uh, no, fr- yeah, proximity to the hole from the fairway, he ranks fifth on tour currently. Um, he's also like, and I know you didn't use the stat. I think he's ninth from 175 to 200. Yeah, it could be. Um, in three putt avoidance, he's seventh on tour. Um, he's he only has five three putts all season. <laughs> Confirmed ninth. Yeah. So he's ninth in uh, 175 to 200. 175 to 200. And he's Uh, also ninth in strokes gained total this year. Yeah. He's 44th in um, 150 to 175. So that's still pretty good, right? Pretty much top 50. Top top 60 is, is good. Top 50 is pretty good. You think uh, a cut a cut line is 70. So if you're inside of 70, that's usually pretty fucking good. Right, right. And the way I looked at it too is like there's um let me see. 215, 210. Yeah, there's probably about so there's 210 guys listed here, but then there's a lot of guys that haven't played enough to yeah, register enough in here. Stats. So there's probably 225 guys on tour. So if you rank in the top 75, that's the top 25%. So yeah. Um, so, you know, cause some people might hear like, oh, Shane Lowry ranks 44th in approach from 150 to 175. Yeah, it's like, well, 44th is pretty fucking good. Um, I mean, it's not top 10, but like, that's still good when, especially when you factor in that he's seventh in proximity, he's seventh in, uh, or he's fifth in proximity, he's seventh in three putt avoidance. He's ninth in, um, 175 to one to 200. I mean, like he's, he's, uh, I like him. I, he's 14th in strokes gained approach total. So let me see what he is in T to green actually. Um, T strokes gained T to green. He's 25th. So he's been playing well recently. I like this. I, I forget after, was it after the, the Honda or the Arnold Palmer? I forget. It was the whatever event he was competing in. Yeah, it might have been the Honda. He didn't compete in the Valspar, did he, against Sam Burns? Uh, yeah, he did. He was kicking around. Yeah, so you, um, let's see. No, I don't think it was the Honda, dude. I think it was because he did well there. I think you might have said it either after Bay Hill, the players, or the Valspar. It was one of the other Florida events. Okay. Because the Honda was a little while ago now. Yeah, well, he finished second. He finished second at the Honda. Yes, but I think you said it after one of the other Florida events. Yeah, he was T13 at the Players, T12 at the Valspar. Yeah, so he played well at both of those events. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, it was was one of those things, like, the way everything was going, he's playing well. Yeah, you took probably took him three weeks ago. Yeah, and I liked it, like, at the time. Like I said, like, I was like, 
I think I said, I, cause I texted you and Jones in our group text and I was like, call me fucking crazy, but yeah. I think I'm going to toss well, in a bet on Shane Lowry. At, at 64. Yeah. That, that's a, that's the other thing though. It's 64. Like if you had told me he's 32, I would have been like, dude, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, 64. Fuck it. So I like that one I mean, a I lot. I still took him at 45. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I also took Will Zalatoris um, for the reasons that you mentioned. And also he finished second last year, his first masters ever. He just, as a rookie, he just rolls out and finishes outright second at the masters. Um, so, I mean, I guess here's an incoming miscut now for him. <laughs> now that we're both on him, and now yep. I'm talking highly of him, <laughs> he'll go out and shoot a 78 in the first round. But <laughs> I, I think, like I said, he's one of those guys where like, you can't not take him. And at 33 to one, it's one of those, like, if he did win, you'd be like, wow, you'd kick yourself. You'd be like, what a fucking idiot. Like that. I tried to get too cute there and was like, oh no, I wouldn't take him. So Will Zelatoris, he's on the list at 33 to one. Uh, next, I also have uh, Justin Thomas um, for the exact same reason that you said, right? Like it's JT. He's one of the best all around golfers in the world. And he's actually playing like it right now. He's playing very well, right? He's now. second strokes gain total right now. Yeah. So I know it's, it's kind of short odds at 14 to one, but it's 14 to one for like the guy that's arguably the best player in the world right now or playing like the best player in the world. I know he's not, you know, world golf number one, but his game right now is playing like he is the best. Um, so I got to take him just cause, and he's also fun. Like he's the, he's the guy that's fun to watch. He's fun to root for, right? Like I don't want to, I'm not going to invoke the, uh, the name of Eldrick here, but he's friends with, Oh dude, he's friends with, he played yeah, he's friends friend with him. him. Yeah. Every, cause everyone always compares JT. Oh yeah. No, no, he, he played a practice. He played a practice round with them on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Tiger, and it's Tiger like, taught him everything. Yeah. <laughs> but JT is just fun, right? Like he's a cool guy. Like he's, he doesn't take himself too, too seriously. He's really fucking good. Like he's just, he's easy to root for, right? Like a guy, like I look at a guy like John Rom, where John Rom is very fucking good. Um, as far as talent goes, he might he's be one of the most, most he's, he is he's the, the most, most talented, talented right on tour, but he's not easy to root for. Like, at least in my opinion, yeah, he's yeah. a Euro bomb. He's a, he's a European guy. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He, he's gotten a little bit better about like the, the, his fucking explosiveness. Not that I care too much about that. I'm not an old fuddy duddy, but like, you know, it, it's like, all right, dude, you made a bad shot. You're well, going to like flip out and start throwing your fucking clubs. Like people make bad shots all the time. It's golf. The like, issue with his deal is he's more of a whiner. Yes. Whereas Tyrrell Hatton's more of a psycho. Yes. Yeah. That's a great, that's the perfect so he, way to put he it. He whines more than he like, cause Tyrrell Hatton flips out. He'll throw a putter in the water, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. He, don't, he doesn't give a shit. He'll snap stuff in half. Yeah. Fucking yeah. flip out. Or Matt Jones did that a couple. Didn't he, didn't he do oh, that in the he tournament? Did. He threw his putter in he the fucking threw, He goes, I'm fucking done with this the thing. Lake. Threw, threw his putter in the, in the lake. <laughs> but yeah, it's like where, Hatton's a fucking hothead. Rom mo like wines. He's yeah. Kind of a little bitch about it. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's, that's you nailed it. Spot on. So JT again is 
that he's fun to root for. So I took him just cause I want to, I, cause I want to root for him. So now I have an actual interest in rooting for him. Um, and then the next guy I have is Patrick Cantlay. So I got him at 20 to one, which I think is pretty good. Can all things considered. Um, I don't think that like, I'm not going to be like, it's, I don't think it's a Shane Lowry pick where I got like tons of good value on it, but I'm kind of surprised to see Cantlay at 20 to one. Uh, he might, I, I would have thought he'd be more around like 16. Um, but he's been playing really well. Like he's, let me see. Um, I had him pulled up earlier and I left his screen to look up someone else. So now I have to go back and search his shit, but, um, he's 16th in strokes gain total this year. Yeah. So, I mean, he leaves a little bit to be desired in the his approach um, play approach game. Suspect. So his approach from uh, 150 to 175 is 58th, which again, it's it's pretty good. Um, but his proximity to the hole is 169. So that's that's not great. 169th in proximity to the hole from the fairway. Um, however, in three putt avoidance, he ranks fourth. So that's again, I'm doing a little bit of extrapolation here. If you look at someone who's mediocre at best, right? His proximity to the hole from the fairway is 169th. That's not good. So his, his approach play, he doesn't hit the ball close to the hole. However, his three putt avoidance, he ranks fourth on yeah. tour. He only has so it, five it, it, three putts. So it's, he, it's a good matchup. Right. What that tells me is that he's a fantastic lag putter, right? Like he's not, or he, because he doesn't hit the ball close to the pin, but he doesn't three putt. And strokes gained are on the green. He's 15th. So if yes. he's missing greens because his proximity is poor, then he's getting up and down pretty well and he also ranks 12th in scrambling so you know like i like i said i did a little bit of extrapolation there for to get to cantlay yeah, but, but that's yeah but you need to do that sometimes because you got to paint the picture of it's the same thing so he's the opposite because his strokes gain approach is not good and right. his two approach categories that i picked they're fucking bad yeah but why is he 16th this year strokes gain total? Well, his approach play isn't good, but he doesn't three putt. His approach right. pays, you know, he's he's away from the cup, but he gets up and down a lot. Like also, I don't know if I'm in the middle of watching an ejection right now, but Jennifer Cupcho is really fucking limping her way <laughs> to the fucking to the end. It's the first women's major where they jump in the pond if the winner jumps oh the, oh, the winner jumps in the pond. Oh, nice. Um, and I have just seen her really just like <laughs> limp her way in. So then also uh, can't lay this season. Um, starting with the century tournament of champions, he's only played in three, six, seven. He's only played in seven events. So starting with the, the tournament of champions, he finished fourth, ninth, T4, two, T33, missed a cut at the players and then T26 at the match play. Yeah, he's so well. he's playing well. 
Um, and then also his course history, he finished 17th in 2019, uh, 9th in 2020. And then did he not play here in 2021? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes PGA, PGA tour.com, their stats get a little funky. Um, but in the times he's played here, he's finished 17th, 9th, and then further back, he missed the cut and finished 47th. But in his last two events here, 17 and 9. So he has a little bit of the history. He's playing very well right now. He's also a sociopath, right? Like he's like, they always talk about that in the broadcast. Like he never gets too high. He never gets too low. He doesn't show any emotion. And like, I think you need that for this course, right? Like you need to be able to be like, all right, well, I'll get it back in the next one. Or like, you know what I mean? Like you can't, this, this is a course that will fuck with you. And if you're a mental case, like it will, it will bend you over. Um, so I like can't lay there at 20 to one. Uh, the next guy, this was a little bit of a stretch. I mean, I guess by odds wise, it's a Shane Lowry is the highest guy that I had at 64 to one, but I took Matt Fitzpatrick at, at 49 to one. Yeah. So he is like sneaky good. Uh, so just looking at his stats, he is uh, 14th in strokes gained approach. He's 14th in strokes gained around the green. Uh, he's fifth in strokes gained T to green. He's, I know we didn't, I, I'm just looking at his page, but he's 20th in strokes gained putting. He's 31st in strokes gained off the tee. He's at first, the number in one total. guy on tour in strokes gained total. Yeah. So, I mean, the number one guy in strokes gained total and he's 49 to one. I'll, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Like it's. That's uh, quite literally what Ian, Ian picked him too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's that awesome. Was, that was part of it. He goes, you're going to give me the number one in strokes gain total at 50 to one. Yeah. Like, cool. So that's yeah. cool. It doesn't now, mean he's me going to win. Me and Ian but... are, are on the same page there. Yeah. Doesn't, um, doesn't mean he's going to win, but it's a good bet. Right. Right. So he ranks. Now, this is where it gets a little whatever, but he ranks 109 in proximity to the hole. Um. However, if we go to putting, well, he also ranks fourth in scrambling. So if we go to his putting, his three putt avoidance is 147th. So if he doesn't win, it's going to be because of his putting. So now this is the example. I did the extrapolation for Cantlay. If you do the extrapolation here, this would be like, ah, I don't know, because what did I say he was in proximity? So proximity to the hole, he ranks 109th. So that's like very average. That's very average. Um, and then his three putt avoidance is 147th, which is a little bit below average. Not a great matchup. So not a great matchup here. So I, I took him out right at 49 to one, depending on what his odds are. I might take him for a top 10 or a top 20 also. Um, again, depending on what it is. Like if it's a, 
you know, if his, if his top 10 is like plus 250, I'm not going to waste my time. It'll but, be, it should be around that. Yeah. Cause I think. Wait, what'd you say is top 10 or top 20? I might, depending on what the odds are, I might take them for either one. Like, I don't know. I'll have to look and see what, which one I so like. I, I want to say that it, it's not a, it's not a rule, but it's a guideline. I think maybe top five, cut it in half. So he'd be like 2,500 to finish top five. Okay. Which top 10. I don't know. Somewhere cut, around I don't know 12 if, to one. Yeah. Maybe 12 to one again. I would but do that. It does I would not, take him. I would but, take him top 10 at 12 to one. I don't know if it's exact. You know what? Maybe it's not exactly that. That's five to, 12, 12 to, to one. 60, right? 12 to one top five. But he's sick. That's the thing. He's 50 to one. Yeah. Like that number doesn't make sense to me, but he's 50 to one. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just took Johnny Vegas this week in the Valero who was close to 50 to one, I think, or 40 to one, or I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know what I take anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, because top 10 is hard. That's a, yeah. Yeah. One stroke out of 11th. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so again, Matt Fitzpatrick is the guy, like I, like I said, I have him at, at outright 49 to one, but I'm, I think I'm going to like him better as a top 10 bet, especially if it's around 12 to one. Um, I would do that. Um, another guy I like, I'm not going to take him outright. Um, but the, the top 10 bets haven't come out yet. So, uh, is Webb Simpson. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a, a top 10 bet in on Webb Simpson. Um, just cause he's another guy that he always plays well at Augusta. Does um, he actually though? <laughs> I don't know. Now you got me. <laughs> well, I was going to say not like, cause that was my guy. You said that for, um, Oh, Gary Woodland. Yeah, oh, he always plays well there. Um, does he though? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna find out right now because now you got me all, all nervous. Oh yeah, yeah. So in 2020, he finished 10th outright. 2019, he was fifth. Uh, 18 was 20th. He missed the cut in 17, but then going back, he was 29, 28. So for some reason, they split the 2021 he finished 2020 uh, he finished 12th in 2021 so going back in his last three he's gone 12 10 5 and then 20 the year before that so he's got the he's got the history there he plays well um let me see he he ranked well on some of this stuff too um he's 20 he's t26 in uh, proximity to the fair, um, to the to the cup from the fairway. God, that was hard to say. So um, he's thirtieth in gr- hitting the green from one hundred and fifty to one hundred and seventy-five. Uh, his three putt avoidance. Let's find out what that is. So his three putt avoidance is T one hundred and ten. So average. Um, but he's T26 at proximity to the hole. So it's like that would be the opposite, uh, kind of opposite of like the whole can't lay Fitzpatrick thing. Like he, he's pretty good at hitting it close. 
Um, but he also is not good at avoiding three putts though. But theoretically, if you hit it close, you shouldn't three putt, but it's Augusta. So who knows? Uh, but that's also why I'm just going to bet him to finish top 10. So again, those odds haven't come out yet, but I will, I will be taking Webb Simpson top 10. Um, and then just for fun, again, th- this, this hasn't come out yet, but again, I'm also, I'm, it's going to depend on what the odds are. Who did um, you say? You said Webb Simpson. Who is your, oh, Matt Fitzpatrick. Matt Fitzpatrick. I'll yeah. go look it up at a competitor. Um, so then this is my last one. Uh, just for fun, again, the, the odds haven't come out yet, but depending on what they are, I'm going to take Matt Wolf to miss the cut. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty good. So I just, uh, I just don't think he has it. Do you have any actual numbers to, uh, to do that? Matt Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. Because I know right he's now. not playing well right now. No, he's not. And I don't um, think he, I don't think he putts well. No. So recent in his last couple events, uh, he's gone T60, missed the cut, T61, missed the cut, 64, missed the cut. He finished T11 at the Hewlett Packard Houston Open. He finished T5 at Mayakoba and then second outright in Shriners. But those three events, those are fall events. Those three events that I just said were fall events. So in the calendar year of 2022, he has played one, two, three, four, five, six events and missed the cut three times. And then in the three events that he didn't miss the cut, he finished somewhere in the 60s. So top um, 10, top 10 for, um, fuck, who's the better player you said? Fitzpatrick, four to one. Fitzpatrick. He's four to one, top 10. Okay. And, um, Webb Simpson was the other one. He is, uh, seven to one. Top 10. That's not bad. I like that. So I I think, so I think if you have like a multiple, so if you want like a general, like math, if you ever need to predict, just I have an idea. I think you take their outright number, divide it by four. That's a top five. Split that in half for top 10. And I don't have any top 20s here. So, okay. That's right. So then Matt Wolf has played at the Masters twice. Um, he got DQ'd last year in 2021, and then he missed the cut in 2020. So, this is one of those where, like, if the odds come out for him to miss the cut and it's like minus 110, I'm not going to do it. Um, but if I get, if I get plus odds, on Matt Wolf to miss the cut, I'm going to take it. So that's mostly, mostly just like a fun one. Um, but I can pull up some other stats. So he's, I don't know if that's, so my only question is, I don't know if that's going to be offered. Yeah. Because my bookie generally only posts the top golfers to miss the cut. Yeah. So the other plus book, money, the other book that I use typically has a miss the cut thing for a little bit more people. So it is, it, so it's a, it's a, it's a uh, tentative thing, right? If I can find it and if the odds are, are plus odds, I will take it. But 
Yeah, he is uh, not good. Not not good right now. He's 26th in strokes gained putting, but he's 168th in strokes gained tee to green. Um, he's 193rd in strokes gained approach. He's almost dead last, uh, 205th in proximity to the hole. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Um, he is 187th in scrambling. He is 30th in three putt avoidance though. Uh, so his putt, the only thing he's done well so far this season is putting he's 26th in strokes gained putting, uh, 12th in total putting 30th and three point avoidance, but everything else is absolute dog shit. So Matt Wolf to miss the cut. Now, now that we've gone through all of that, uh, do we, do we talk about Eldrick? <laughs> I think we have to, right? Yeah. I mean, it won't take long. I mean, uh, I, think, I think he's going to play. He's there. Yeah. He's going to play. That's what I said. So earlier, shout out to Nick, by the way, uh, I was sitting with Nick earlier. Um, we were talking about it and I go, I think he's going to play, right? Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't be there if he wasn't going to play. Uh, Cause he already went last week. He flew down last Tuesday, Walked the, walked the course, played 18, played a full practice round, flew back home. Again, we talked about it in one of our last episodes, or I think the last episode, actually. Now he's back again, practicing. Like, And he sent out a tweet earlier today that said, uh, I'm here, I'm practicing. It's going to be a game time decision about whether or not I go out there. But... I'm pretty sure he's, I'm like 90% sure he's going to play. Um, all of the tweets of the people that actually do golf coverage said that he looked great on the range. Um, I saw a couple of tweets that were really funny that it's exactly what we talked about in the last episode. Someone, I think it might've been Justin Ray who are somewhat one of the golf guys that I follow was like, it's really funny hearing people talk about how good tiger looks on the range when he go and he goes, did you really think tiger woods was going to show up to the masters and shoot a 76 or 77 and then just go home? Like it's tiger fucking woods. And that's exactly what we said in the last episode. We were like, if he, so he played that practice round. If he thinks he can go out and be competitive, he's going to play. But if he thinks he can go out and the best he can do is a 76, he's not going to play. Like he's not going to waste his fucking time. He's, he's not going to embarrass himself and go out, you know? And what I said to Nick too was, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out on Friday and shoots a 69, but then backs that up with like a 74. I'm sorry. He goes out on Thursday, shoots a 69, backs it up with a 74 on Friday and then misses the cut please. He's not going to shoot 69 in the first round. He never does. Well, no, I, I, you know, like, (laughs) you know, I'm just saying like, if he goes out and plays well, I don't, I don't expect him to make the cut. Basically is what I'm saying. Like, I think, I think if he makes the cut and he kicks around, I think that's a huge win. Um, if he makes it to the weekend, um, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that his odds are 45 to one. He has the same odds as Shane Lowry. Guess what they were at um and in Rhode Island? 30. Yep. Yeah. 30 exactly. Yep. Yeah, I believe it. It's 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 just so dumb. It's so dumb. You're, you're telling me 
because now I know this is this isn't how this works. It's a function of the money. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that Tiger Woods at 30 to one is more likely to win the Masters than Berger at 40, Neiman at 45, Lowry anywhere from 45 to 64. Will Zalatoris, 35, who finished second last year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) People, people, keep your money. Yeah. Yeah. That's this isn't the year to take them. No, it's not. Um, So, what do you think? What are, what, what, like, what are your expectations? What do you think is going to happen? Like, do you think he makes the cut? Do you think, like, give me your rundown. Genuinely, if I, so, okay. So, I think he, so he's, so we know he's there because he's there today. This is Sunday. So he's there. He was there Tuesday, went home, went back. So Mm -hmm. theoretically he's healthy enough to play. Right. I think that if he's going to bother to be there, we're looking at top 35. I think he makes the cut. I wouldn't even be surprised, dude, if he even makes I wouldn't be, I don't expect it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a threat at some point. (laughs) That would be fucking insane. And a threat doesn't mean like takes the lead. Right. But you know, he goes low one day, is three back going into 15 or something. Right. Right. On like a Saturday, whatever. It's like, yeah. Like, dude, I don't, I don't think he'll be in contention. But I don't think he'd play if he wasn't sure of his ability to at least give it a legit run. Yeah, because he don't care about anything else except winning at this point. And if he no. didn't think he if he didn't think he could win, he wouldn't be there. No, especially like at this point in his career, like he all he has to do is like show up for the majors and like the big, the big events, like yeah, whatever go to wants. the, go to the That's players, um, show up for the majors. Oh, you know, the five majors. He hates the play. He sucks at the players. He's not going to yeah, go there. Yeah. It's too hard. <laughs> he'll go to Bay and then, Hill. Like, yeah. Go to, go to Bay Hill, maybe play the Memorial. Yeah. You know, he'll Jack's, play Jack's tournament. He'll play like, he'll play like the, you know, like the big ones. Maybe. I, I mean, he theoretically wouldn't be eligible then for the playoffs. Like, you know, at least outside of the first round, if he only plays like, you know what I mean? But <laughs> he he, it's not like he could just show up and play East Lake. Um, no. But I think at this point in his career, he might, we might only get him for anywhere between five to 10 tournaments a season, which yeah. is fine. If you figure four of those are the majors and then he picks, you know, three to five other events to play throughout the season. And they're going to be electric. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's going to play the travelers. (laughs) We'll go see him in Connecticut. Well, I think uh, Jennifer Cupcho did not eject. Oh, good. She was up by a million. She got to run into the pond. Yeah. She's, she's getting ready or she got to go sign her scorecard and then she'll, she'll jump in the pond. Um, yeah, dude. I like again. It's 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 very rare that he misses the cut at Augusta or finishes outside of like top thirty. So, yeah, I have no reason to expect otherwise if he's there. I wonder what now. Did this? This would be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if if he's 
what did I say? What is he? 35, 35 to one. He's 45. So you, yeah, if he's so 45 to one, his yeah. odds to finish top 20 would just be stupid. Cause that would, that would be a bad, like not, you take, not you offered. Take, yeah. You take tiger top 20. Like that would be a fun bet to follow. Yeah. It'll probably be two to one though. Yeah. And I mean, is it really worth it at that point? Probably not. Depends. Yeah. I don't think it's, if, if you're like, if you really want to bet with your heart for Eldrick, go ahead, man. But like, he should be fucking 200 to one. Oh yeah. Easily. <laughs> guy shattered his leg 14 months ago and hasn't played competitively since. Yep. Understood. He's the best of all time, but he's also 47, 46, 47. I don't know how old he is anymore. He yeah. might be 46. So he did mention wanting to beat Jack's record of being old and winning. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, like Michael Jordan, he could just be motivated to fucking be older than Jack. Yeah. Which, but he wouldn't be the oldest to win any of He wants to be the oldest to win a major. The masters specifically. Oh, the I masters, think, yeah. I think Boros Julius Boros was like, he was old when he won a U.S. open. I was going to say Phil, 51. Phil just won and he's oh, like yeah, 50, Phil, he's Phil's 52. probably the oldest. He's 51. Yeah. 51, he was 51 when he won last year. So yeah, Phil's probably the oldest to win the major now. Yeah. I think it was Boros before that. Yeah. And then Jack is the oldest to win the masters. Yeah. So, well, you want to start wrapping the? Well, I guess we, yeah, we can't wrap this up, right? We're done. No more picks. Nope. No more picks. All right. What do you got? I don't know. Where's my stupid sheet? I wrote something <laughs> down. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about. All right. Oh, did you watch Moon Knight? I did. So I don't need to talk about Moon Knight because it's only episode one and I'm done talking about shows after episode one. Yeah, I, I especially with Marvel. Yeah. I was <laughs> we, we have, we have buried <laughs> so many shows, so many Marvel shows after episode one. We're yeah. like, this thing's fucking stupid. Yeah. Maybe it'll change. I'm sure it'll change, whatever, but it's fucking dumb. It's no, I'm I'm done. I'm done making predictions from one episode of a fucking TV show from Marvel. Yep. Plus, I actually I actually am very interested after the first episode. So anyway. Um so without spoiling, if you if you want to know nothing about this show, then shut this shit off. But so yeah. this this is inconsequential to the plot of the first episode. So at one point, one of the Egyptian gods is mentioned, mm-hmm. and the guy I think it's Ethan Hawke. Yes. So Ethan Hawke's character mentions, "Oh well, if this god was still around." Uh, there'd be no Hitler, no something, no Armenian genocide, whatever. Yeah. Basically, because this God would have stopped any and all evil or whatever the fuck, something like that. So, <clears throat> so I, I, as I do after I watch anything, I don't know who Moon Knight is. I don't know from the comics. I don't know shit. So I usually look up a couple random things and I always end up on like people's comments, whatever. And I find out that Moon Knight was review bombed because they mentioned the Armenian genocide. Yeah. And it's getting review bombed for bringing up a historical event that never happened. Oh, God. So in 2022, we are still doing this. 
goddamn fucking Turks. Oh, so it no. didn't happen. So yeah, so I guess how many countries are in the world? Do you know? Uh, two hundred and seventy-three. Do you know how many recognize the Armenian genocide? Oh God, it's got to be like three. Thirty-three. Yeah. And it's really only like the civilized nations. I don't know if anyone went to Africa and asked like, hey, do you guys think yeah. this happened? And, <laughs> and they were like, fuck, man, we don't know. Like, yeah. we got our own shit. Yeah, we're here. busy fighting a fucking civil war. Yeah, we have our own fucking problems. Yeah. We don't we don't care about what's happening with any white people and any of that bullshit. So <laughs> I won't say it's 33 out of 200, whatever. But yeah, yeah. Only 33 countries acknowledge that the Armenian genocide exists. And it's been review bombed about that very thing. Oh, I can't believe they're 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 can't believe they're trying to bring this up again. Oh, I can't believe that they're going to talk about something oh that never God. happened. And to that, I say, go fuck yourselves. Yes, it happened. It for sure happened. Yep, it did. Uh, we grew up with people that were Armenian that talked about it. <laughs> yep. I had a friend when I grew up, was growing up in middle school and high school that would always run around and say, fuck the Turks. And I never <laughs> understood what it meant until I actually asked him and was like, oh, wow, really? And he was like, yeah, fuck the Turks. And I was like, all right, I got it. And now that I got older and I learned a little bit more about it, I'm on board. Fuck the Turks. <laughs> It's just wild that we can sit here and just like say, or we, not me and you, people can talk about a historical event and just say it didn't happen. Yeah. It will. It's not the same thing, but it's a similar thing to the Holocaust deniers, right? Yeah. Like it's a lot harder to deny that, you know, 10 million people were fucking murdered. Um, then it is like, I don't know how many, uh, if it was just hundreds of thousands or million, it doesn't matter. Right. It still happened. It's still terrible. Um, But it's a lot harder to deny that 10 million people were murdered than it is, you know, whatever, hundreds of thousands or like one or 2 million. um, However many Armenians were, were murdered in that genocide, but it's people do that too. People still think the Holocaust wasn't real. And we're like, you're fucking stupid. Like you're just dumb. Just mind blowing. And then like the reviews go to that. And, it, and trust me, the reviews aren't in, you know, a bunch of words that we don't understand, like in Turkish, right. Right. or it's not in different characters that we don't know. They're in right. fucking English. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's like, why Turkey? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. Didn't yeah. Turkey go bankrupt? Uh, Could have been. I know Greece went bankrupt. Greece. Uh, okay. Maybe it wasn't Turkey. Is like Turkey, like a legit country. Like, Yeah. They had, they're also, a, they're a nuclear country too. Okay. So maybe that's why people side with them because the reason it's only 33 is because a lot of these countries don't want to piss off Turkey by saying, oh yeah, no, it happened. Yeah. And it's like, I was trying to figure that part out. Now I easily could have figured, I probably, I mean, it's going to be harder to Google, like is Turkey a real country than, you know, get the, the answers I want. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's a fucking bad way to put it. Well, it's like a borderline real country. I mean, it was like the Ottoman Empire until like, I don't know, like 12 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) How does Yugoslavia fit into this? It's Uh, like the one thing. That's the one thing I remember from history class when everyone said the the Roman Empire was like the longest standing empire at like 272 years or whatever it was. 
And uh, they're like, actually, the Ottoman Empire lasted until like 1920. So, no, not quite. <laughs> they're also responsible for daylight savings, fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah. So the, the Ottoman Empire is essentially Turkey. Like, it became Turkey. Yeah. All right. There's a lot um, of cool, like, I guess, cool shit there. But like Constantinople is now... Um, Istanbul. Istanbul, yeah. So there's a lot of historical shit that went down in Turkey, the Crusades and all that bullshit. But I think, I, I whatever, I, we make shit up here all the time anyway. I think it's Muslim. I think they're a Muslim country. Like, well, I, I think, think that was, I think that was part of the Armenian genocide too, was like the religious aspect of it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that Turkey is a, is a Muslim country. Um, so I don't know. I don't either. Yeah. But yeah, moon, moonlight sucks because they talked about the Armenian genocide. Yep. Got it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. They're pushed. They're pushing their agenda. Yeah. Not because the first episode didn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> it's because it's because they mentioned the Armenian genocide. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. They're pushing their, uh, you know, Marvel and Disney are pushing their agenda again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The Armenian genocide truthers. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So my final thought is actually similar in the world of entertainment. Um, Amy and I went to go see that movie Uncharted uh, on Friday night with Tom Holland. And it's about, actually about a video game um, that I thought I had played the video game. And when I went to go see the movie, I'm like, I don't know any of this. I was like, oh, I used to love this video game. Come to find out uh, the video game that I was talking about that I used to play. I actually used to play it on the computer was Far Cry, uh, not Uncharted. <laughs> so those sound like different games. Yeah, they're different games. Um, but so I didn't know anything about the movie going in other than it was based off of the video game series. Uh, it, all things considered, it was pretty good. Um, you know, it, it wasn't one of those like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Like, I can't wait for the next one. Um, but I thought Tom Holland was really good in it, which was big for him. Uh, Nick and I were and Amy and, and, uh, their mom were talking about it. Um, you know, earlier when we were all sitting down being like it, it, it was big for Tom Holland because it's really his first big role after Spider-Man. Um, and I thought he did really well. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that he's a legit actor um, and he actually can be a lead in a, in a movie that's not a superhero movie. So that's cool. Cause I like Tom Holland. Like, I think he's pretty good. Um, like just cool in general. Um, my only drawback or the only thing I didn't really like about the movie was Mark Wahlberg is in it. Um, and the character that Mark Wahlberg plays, I just, it didn't fit. Like, I feel like it wasn't the right casting. Um, so again, I knew nothing about the video game going in. But just in the setting of the movie, like the way the movie played out and like Mark Wahlberg is supposed to be this like older guy that like comes in and like does whatever. And I just watching the movie, I'm like, I 
feel like Mark Wahlberg is way too young. Like I know in real life, he's probably like 50 at this point, but he doesn't look it. So like the character, like it just didn't fit. You know what I mean? Like when you watch a movie and like the way the roles are casted, like sometimes it just doesn't fit. And you're like, I can't suspend disbelief for this. I mean, like, this is just weird. Um, And it was, it was hard because I feel like, like it should have been someone else. Like it should have been someone that was at least had gray hair um, that looked old because he's supposed to be this like old guy that comes in to like mentor Tom Holland's character and like kind of like push him and prod him. And I don't know, it was just, which, which is weird because I, I don't hate Mark Wahlberg. Um, I don't think he's super talented, but I used to love Mark. I used to be all about it, but then some of the movies he's done have not been super awesome. Um, but I don't hate Mark Wahlberg. I just think it was a bad job casting. It was almost one of those, like, it's almost like they weren't sure they could get the movie done. <laughs> so they needed to like attach a big name to it in order to get funding. So they're like, who can we get? They're like, Oh, Mark Wahlberg, he'll, he'll get funding. Um, and then that's kind of like how they did it, but it, it just felt forced. I mean, like it wasn't, it was not a good role for him. And I can't even really think of like who would have been better for it, but I don't know. Like Amy said, Bruce Willis, which I think would have been decent. Uh, not now because you know, he's, he doesn't remember not, things. Not, not acting anymore. Yeah. He doesn't remember things anymore, but you know, so, cause, cause I know that's happened before with Wahlberg, the, um, the Marcus Luttrell story, that movie Lone Survivor, there was um, the movie studios. No one wanted to make it. No one wanted to make that movie uh, and it couldn't get funding. So Mark Wahlberg heard about the story and was like, this is really, this is an amazing story. So he attached himself to it and like pushed it through the studios so it would get funded and get made. So basically the only reason why Lone Survivor got made was because of Mark Wahlberg. Um, so that's pretty cool. But, you know, which is also kind of why he got a lot of shit for that because Marcus Luttrell in real life is a fucking huge guy. Um, and Mark Wahlberg is not <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is probably like my size, but um, it, it made it work and he got the movie made. So it's whatever. Uh, but it, it felt like that's almost like the situation that they got themselves in where they were like, we need someone that's going to sell this movie. Cause we don't know if Tom Holland can do it. And so they got Wahlberg, but I don't know. It was a fine movie. I, I probably wouldn't recommend like us sitting here right now. I wouldn't be like, oh, dude, you should go see Uncharted. Again, um, probably not. Yeah. But if it's ever on TV or like if it goes to streaming and you wanted to watch it, sure. But like, I'm not going to be like, dude, you got to go to the movie theater and watch pay pay $22 to watch this thing. Um, I would just wait and then pro- maybe never watch it if you don't want to. I so, probably won't. Yeah. So that's going to do it for us, uh, friends. So, uh, thank you to grillyourassoff.com. I was like, we usually, I, I was about to say my bookie again, cause we usually do them first, but we already did them. So grillyourassoff.com go there. Uh, whatever you buy seasonings, uh, accoutrements, uh, 
pickles, barbecue sauce, anything, anything you get over there, use our promo code sarcasm pod. Uh, it'll get you 15% off every single time you check out uh, multi-use coupon at grillyourassup.com. Love those guys. Um, thank you for watching, listening, wherever you're at. Again, uh, thumbs up, like, subscribe, tell everybody you know about the show. Um, you can get us on Instagram at sarcasm speaks pod or on Twitter at sarcasm underscore speaks. Uh, the Facebook page is sarcasm speaks. Uh, so until next time, uh, enjoy your master's week, everybody. It's here.